0: Hi friends and colleagues, it is Nikki from Full Voice Music. Today's podcast, podcast number 69, my returning guest is Elizabeth Rotoff. Now, Elizabeth is a voice teacher from Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada, and as well as teaching voice, she is a personal trainer, a nutrition expert, and a health coach. And today we're talking about how our general health affects our voice.
1: Welcome to the Full Voice Podcast, teaching strategies and resources for voice teachers working with young singers. And here's your host, Nikki Loney.
0: Welcome to the podcast, Elizabeth Rotoff. Thank you so much for joining me.
2: How are you? I am fine. Thanks for having me, Nikki.
0: You were one of our guests on the vocal warm-ups from around the world. And uh, I have to tell you, um, your uh, your resistance band exercises are now a staple in my teaching studio.
2: Oh, that's fabulous. Yeah, I, I just love those. And it was so much fun doing that one. It was a great
0: series. I have so many more tools to torture my students. I always yeah, enjoy yeah. that.
2: I've certainly picked up some tips. I know. <laughs>
0: I wanted, to, uh, I wanted to have you back, and I, I especially wanted to have you back at this time of the year because not only are you a voice teacher, a professional performer, but you are a personal trainer, a nutrition expert, and a health coach. So mm-hmm. today we're talking about wellness, and we are talking about how our health affects our voices and I'm so excited to talk to you about that. But before we dive into that, can you give everybody like a little background, how you got into singing and then how you transitioned into the wellness industry?
2: Okay, well, I've been singing all my life and I it was actually something I wanted to go to university for. But my mom, who was a professional piano teacher, said, no, no, this is no life. So she made me go <laughs> do something... <laughs> So I got actually a degree in biochemistry. Wow. Okay. Oh, yeah. And um, working in the lab in my 20s, I worked in a um, facility that made vaccines and I worked in quality control and research and production. But working with heavy equipment there, I injured my back. And so I had uh, chronic back pain for about 20 years um, because of that. Wow. And, I was singing I mean, in my twenties. I sang a lot. Um, I lived out in Toronto, so I sang with uh, Mississauga Opera there a lot, and uh, that I mean, it made it difficult to sing at times because sometimes the pain was so bad that it hurt to breathe, and all that. But so I was suffering through that, but still singing, and I went the Royal Conservatory route to get my diploma. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was in my forties, when my kids were old enough that they didn't want me hanging around anymore. <laughs> I decided that despite this pain, I had this crazy idea that I would do a triathlon with the back pain. Yeah. Oh yeah, wow. With the back. Pain. But I did it. You know, it felt better to move than not to move, and okay. that's quite often you'll hear from people who have chronic pain that it's just feels better to move. And uh, so I did this triathlon. And I started noticing differences in my voice. It was getting stronger. I could hit high notes easier, all sorts of benefits from it. My phrasing was better. And that started making me think about the relationship between fitness and singing Mm -hmm. a lot more deeply. I mean, obviously we were always trying to work on alignment and that was an issue for me because of the chronic back pain. Mm -hmm. But then I also had a whole slew of other things. I think you know, like forties hit, and it was like I had a start of osteoarthritis. I had digestive issues. I was getting adult acne every month. I had uh, recurring eye inflammation called uveitis. I had low energy. I was getting sick every six weeks. I would be sick, oh, which all no. oh, not not ideal for a performer. No, <laughs> to get sick, right? But I uh, started experimenting with what I was eating my daughter at the time wanted to become vegan so of course I wanted to make sure she was eating well and through that I started making some changes because what the doctors were doing was not helping me so I started um, eating better including like having a green smoothie every day Mm -hmm. and my energy levels started going up and all these problems as I got into more of plant-based nutrition there I actually all my problems went away absolutely all wow (laughs) and I have no issues at all now I am now in 54 years old and I am still doing triathlons and with no pain (laughs) wow and have so much energy (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I want to help other people find this, you know, this beautiful spot to this beautiful place that you can live in and thrive and not just survive through life. Oh,
0: my goodness. This is such an inspiring story as somebody in her 40s who is is starting to get really stiff and sore. There's times when I get up from the piano bench where i it, it takes me longer than i want to <laughs> to get up from the piano bench <laughs> this is really inspiring now i have a couple of questions when you when you started to train um for your triathlon um when well first of all did you did you you obviously worked with a trainer yes and yeah and how did you how did you find just Kind of getting started. Was that the hardest part?
2: Well, actually before that, I was still taking dance classes. Oh,
3: okay.
2: Um, yeah. I had been doing ballet, tap, jazz, and then actually hip hop is the one that really kicked my butt. <laughs> <laughs> I went into that class. I felt that I was going to have a heart attack. That was I was in my mid thirties at that point. I decided I'd try it. My daughter was having fun with it. So I said, Yeah, I'll try. Um And that actually going to that class even with all the other dance classes i was doing the cardio required for that was just something i was not prepared for so i started i started running at that time and that was actually sort of what got me there and so then i eventually went into triathlon and yeah so when i was working i belonged to a triathlon club we had a coach and they coached us through all that so
0: the fact that you went from dance class to triathlon is, is pretty impressive. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You are also now uh, you're the um, wellness consultant uh, for uh, an opera company. Can you tell everybody about that?
2: Yes. I'm now on uh, partnered with resonance opera. It's a singing artists program in Cleveland, Ohio, Mm -hmm. and they, they, Really, really want singers to find wellness and not just not just physical wellness, because, of course, we do know that we need more on stage. We need stamina and be able to not get sick and all that sort of stuff, but also just the emotional and mental health aspect of it so uh, because the industry can be so hard Mm. right there's so much sometimes there's negativity there's so much emphasis placed on body image all these sort of things which can really pull down on someone's uh, emotional health of course so so we work on we do mindfulness sessions that I lead people through and we talk about how you know their lifestyle is affecting how they're feeling and, mm-hmm. you know, their stam- stamina and uh, all sorts of other aspects.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: It's so inspiring to hear that that uh, they're not just looking at voices. They're looking at overall holistic wellness. That is so, yes. so inspiring to hear. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, this is cold and flu season. And whether you're a performer or whether you're teaching, when we get sick, when we get run down uh we we either miss lessons we have to cancel lessons which is affects our income which is terribly stressful and if you're a performer you you end up missing out on opportunities so this this conversation i think is really timely and um i want to just i want to just talk about Or if you could share some just just let's start with general tips about better choices we can make uh, so that we can avoid colds, so we can avoid the germs, especially for those of us who work with a lot of children who bring in the monster germs. What what are some of your strategies for us?
2: Yeah, and that's one of the great things. You know, when I changed, and as I say, I used to get sick every six weeks, (laughs) but now. I, I don't get sick at all. Like if I do, it's usually because I started making some poor eating choices. Uh, but but I have sick kids come in. I never, you know, if they're feeling sick, I don't say don't come. They, they come and I'm still fine because I feel like I have a strong enough immune system now that I can fight it. Uh, but, of course, you know, you have to know your limits because, of course, if you're not at that point,
3: mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> uh, you, you don't want to of course, get yeah. sick. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and so one thing I do is I do say that if they if I don't have them come in and they're feeling up to a lesson, right, if they're not too sick, mm-hmm. that they can have still have a Skype lesson. Oh, So that's yes. one way to okay. you know, to protect and not lose the income mm-hmm. of, you know, kids and, and losing them. Um making progress as well. Uh, so there are four big areas that I usually tell people they need to look at, is which is physical exercise, nutrition, sleep, and stress management. Mm. So those all have impact on our immunity and uh, ex- physical exercise. They've done studies on that. There's uh, definitely you lower your risk of upper respiratory tract infections, by exercising at least uh, 20 to 30 minutes a day. They've found that, I think there's a study with older women, but still it can apply to younger people too. Uh, actually, there have been studies on younger people at in different ways. But in this particular one, they there was only a 20% chance of getting an infection if you were walking half an hour a day. and. Wow. Condic- and conditioned runners only had an eight percent risk of getting sick. So mm. the more the more fit you are, the uh, less risk there is. And uh, we'll talk sleep first. Uh, yeah, then sleep. Yeah, sometimes we have so much on our plates and sleep is what we sacrifice, but sleep is really crucial for maintaining our immune system. It's a time for rest, recovery. Our bodies can fight off things. In fact, you know, when you are sick, our bodies actually tell us to sleep more. Right. Usually, you know, you're sleeping a lot more when you're sick. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a reason for that, because that's when your body can do all the flushing and, all, and let all the immune stuff happen. Uh, but even just in our regular day-to-day business, uh, we need to make sure we're getting our seven to nine hours of sleep. Mm-hmm. And they have shown that, you know, that when people are getting less than six hours of sleep, their immune system is down a lot more. Wow. So, that is another thing. So, just making sure you are getting that sleep. Uh, that's easier said than done sometimes because some people just have so much going on in their minds <laughs> that it's hard to sleep.
3: Yeah.
2: So, sometimes sometimes sleep disturbances are um, caused by nutritional factors. Sometimes it's just our stress levels. So, that's the next two things is um So stress, stress is also a big thing for uh, compromising our immunity. Mm -hmm. And, you know, little bouts of stress are okay. And even with sleep deprivations, sometimes like little bouts, like if you have if you're usually getting good sleep, but then, you know, you have um, a show and a couple of nights out somewhere that you need to be up mm-hmm. later than usual, that's probably not going to affect you too much. But if you're constantly there in that sleep deprived state, that's really where the big things start to happen with your immune system and changes in in how you're functioning. Right. Uh, right. And But stress management is uh, important in Making sure we have a nice calming bedtime routine will help us sleep, but also just, uh, you know, having mindfulness, and uh, it has been shown that stress does, you know, it elevated cortisol levels for over a long period of time, which is our stress hormone, uh, does compromise the immune system. Mm -hmm. So... So we want to try to make sure and practice mindfulness. And it doesn't have to be you don't you know, some people just can't sit there and just meditate and think of their breathing, which still I think is a great idea as singers to just sit and connect with our breathing. Mm-hmm. And I think most most singers have had a passing acquaintance with yoga on some level. So yes. that that is a wonderful way for for mindfulness. Uh even just going for a walk. Or Mm -hmm. eating mindfully, doing your dishes mindfully, where you just like clear your mind and not try to just focus on the task at hand and be aware of what you're doing rather than as you're doing the dishes, thinking about all the 10 other things you have to get done in the next 20 minutes.
0: (laughs) I think that's the hardest thing for me is I just have a constant list of things to do. And one of the changes I made—you'll be proud of me, Elizabeth. One <laughs> of the changes I made um, with uh, teaching is um, uh, when I have a break. You, what I used to do was immediately go to my email and try to answer all the emails and get ahead of my email. But now, what I'll do is I'll I'll actually go because I my teaching studio is in a church, and I'll actually go for a walk. It just clears my head, and I've—I have to say, I found that I feel so much better at the end of the day. Just instead of just plowing through more things on my list, those moments really make a difference. So
2: yeah, so I mean, for stress management, you know, usually if you have your nutrition on point, you're exercising and you're sleeping, that can help already reduce stress and then we talked about the mindfulness but knowing your limits too is Mm -hmm. really important and that's yeah just knowing because everyone's different some people are really these go-getting type a personalities and some people are a little more laid back and can't take on as much and Mm -hmm. as singers and uh teachers sometimes we want to just do it all and of course you know and uh, sometimes you just have to learn what your limits are and learn to say no to certain things.
0: Well, about setting boundaries, right? Like we can't, oh, yeah. we can't help everyone, and we we can't be available twenty four seven. So, uh, yeah, great advice.
2: Yeah, and I think you know, especially uh, with teachers who you know want to make sure they're getting a livable income, then you have to try to find other ways that you can do that like group lessons which you've had episodes on that Mm -hmm. as well here so I mean that's a great option to try to find alternate ways to to help so that you do have uh, you know limit to how much you're teaching and not just like teaching 14 hours a day just because you need to make ends meet and I guess then the last thing was nutrition so um, though all the other things are important if you're not fueling yourself properly if you're not getting the building blocks that your body needs you are not going to be uh, getting uh, you're not going to be able to sleep well your hormones are going to be out of balance you're going to you know you're not going to have enough stamina so that's you know so all these things that will end up running you down getting you sick And, uh, you know, cold and flu is one thing, but, you know, you can get even more serious diseases if you're not taking care of yourself. And then, of course, that Mm. will impact you even more profoundly than just a a cold. So, you know, like heart attacks or even cancer. And we know now that these things are preventable. And a lot of it, again, is to nutrition. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, most people are talking about high-carb, low-carb, fats, proteins, which are those, you know, the macronutrients are the carbs, proteins, fats. And I think there's so much misinformation and confusion there about that. And I think the thing is that we want to have less processed foods because those are empty calories. And this is the thing. it's uh, They are devoid of the nutrients that really matter. Mm. You know, you have i mean certainly we need carbs proteins and fats and we want healthy versions of those so those come in your fruits and vegetables whole grains beans and legumes uh, nuts and seeds those are where you want to really be focused on and getting your micronutrients but there's which are your vitamins minerals water and fiber Mm -hmm. which you know most people aren't getting enough fiber and um I think one of the biggest things, though, is the phytonutrients, and this is something that many people aren't really even aware of: is um, this whole category of phytonutrients. And the word "phyto" actually means plants. So these nutrients are only found in plant foods. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, and when you think about how, like, the average uh, American I think there's only about I can't remember the American statistic now I think it's only about 15% 15, 17% of Americans actually eat 2 or 3 servings of fruit and vegetable a day in England because I just wrote an article about colds and flus for the um, Association of Teachers of Singing in the UK mm-hmm. but uh, they. so I was looking at their statistics only 29% make it up to five fruit and veg a day. And it's now actually, it's known that these are the foods. There's so much research now on nutrition, nutritional science about how the important all these plant foods are. And in fact, uh, so if you're not getting those, then you're compromising your system and your body is not gonna be working as efficiently and the thing is, the processed foods are containing poor qualities of macronutrients, up like for your carbs, proteins, and fats, mm-hmm. and are defi- are deficient in the micronutrients and phytonutrients, which is really what our body needs. Yeah, I mean, we need the other the macronutrients too, mm-hmm. but and most food guides in the world now are starting to make a shift to have more emphasis on the plant foods. The Canadian food guide was supposed to be, there was supposed to be a new one coming out in 2018 and it didn't happen, so hopefully 2019.
0: I I heard that she's announcing it today. Ah, I heard that on the okay. news this morning
2: so we'll have to I'll okay. put a link
0: to that I it's interesting <laughs> well you you know it was interesting this is a little bit of a side but they I heard on the news they're announcing the new Canadian food guide which does mm-hmm. have an emph- emphasis on more fruits and vegetables but there was all this controversy because of our uh, dairy and meat farmers are now concerned that the emphasis is being taken away like there's so we there's so much conflicting information and we're we're dealing not just with information but politics here too.
2: Yeah, it's uh well and that's the unfortunate thing that politics plays so much a role in our, and so people are being compromised because of this big play be, with the big agricultural areas like meat mm. and dairy and then the fruit and vegetable growers don't have a strong a uh, lobby. Right. And so that's really affects you know things and and it's not to say that you have to cut out meat and dairy a lot but yeah. the consumption over the last uh, since since the second world war the consumption of meat and dairy has just continued to rise and rise and rise mm-hmm. and the consumption of fruits and vegetables has gone down and then if, you know any sort of plant-based foods are more and more processed anyway right so they're not getting the nutrients and so, our eating is disordered really from what it was naturally. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, uh, yeah, so it's really, uh, very unfortunate that that's happened and that we, and we now are in a generation where we don't even really realize what healthy eating is, uh, because we're just get bombarded with so many conflicting things and when you go to the store and you read labels and it says you know zero fat or a good source of this or that you know which is you know I can't even remember something for like you look at oats and I'll say zero cholesterol well oats are actually a good food
0: right (laughs) I love
2: oats yeah you know Uh, But, you know, you go and read other labels, um, like even your breakfast cereals, and it says Mm -hmm. good source of your B vitamins and whatever. But the thing to realize is that those vitamins have actually... Everything was stripped out of it to make this cardboard cereal, (laughs) like, you know, Captain Crunch or something. And it's so full of sugars, and it's just junk food, really. And if it does have added nutrients, I mean, that is, they are added in afterwards, and it's basically a supplement. And it's also being shown that supplements are never as good as the the whole food equivalent. Yeah. Yeah. So eat your real food.
0: Uh, that's a great tip I was always told to stick when you go grocery shopping you stick to the the outside wall and you stay away from the aisles because you get all your fresh food on the outside uh, um, perimeter and uh, and you and that's the best place to do your shopping and now for the my music staff minute
1: hey everyone Melissa here and today we're chatting about customer feedback The good, the bad, the ugly, and what to do with it all. So, how do you filter out the good from the bad when it comes to feedback? Here are a couple of things to consider. 1. Constructive feedback is useful. In this case, it's feedback or a suggestion that will benefit you, your studio, and the rest of your students. For example, are you a studio that just accepts cash or check? Perhaps your families want more payment options. This could prompt you to implement automatic credit card payments. This will benefit your families. No more carrying cash or checks and remembering payments. And it benefits you. You'll be paid on time, and won't have to handle cash anymore. 2. There are times when customers will be overly critical without being constructive or providing solutions. They may demand unrealistic expectations that benefit them, but not necessarily the rest of your studio. In these cases, you can thank the customer for their feedback and politely tell them that you'll keep it in mind for future consideration. Again, ask yourself, is this feedback useful? Does it benefit my entire studio and all of my families? Or is it overly critical and a special case for one family? Customer feedback is a great opportunity to be honest with yourself. Try not to take it too personally and instead consider areas where there might be room for improvement. Start your 30 day free trial of My Music Staff today at MyMusicStaff.com. Stay tuned for next week's tips and tricks on the My Music Staff Minute, exclusively on the Full
0: Voice Podcast. Okay, so here's the challenge, and I know you know this. Um, so music teachers, voice teachers, singers, performers, we're wearing 20 different hats. We're running here, there, and everywhere. What, what's your recommendation for quick and easy ways to get these um, phytonutrients into our bodies? What, what do you do? Give us your tips. Help us, Elizabeth.
2: Well, smoothies are a great way You know, if you just make them in the morning or even the night before, and you can put them in a container and just run off and go with them, and it's there. Okay, what's your favorite
0: smoothie? What's your favorite recipe?
2: uh, You know, I, I don't even have a recipe these days. I just throw in whatever. And because I'm training for triathlons, my smoothie is it's not going to be like anyone else's. Oh, fair enough. Fair I, enough. I, have, I have like about six bananas and two cups of berries and oh, wow. three cups of vegetable in there. And that's, yeah, it's it's crazy. But for for someone who's starting and just wants mm. a nice, simple smoothie, you can do something like um, a, bana- a pear and ginger smoothie, is one of the ones I like. Ooh. And it's uh, just a banana, a pear, a um, handful of spinach. And about an inch of ginger and you can put in either a, um, you can put in your almond milk or I just usually use water and have a little bit of my protein uh, powder, which is iron vegan is what I use right now. It's a Mm -hmm. whole food, um, sprouted grain sort of thing. But uh, yeah, and then I just whip that up and and it's ready. So, and you can just take it on the go. It's easy to, to, uh, to take on the go. Mm-hmm. And other things, you know, uh, just having some cut up vegetables and hummus to take with you. Those are good ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, just uh, fruit and some nuts or seeds. Well, nuts, sometimes you can't take that into places <laughs> because of nut right. allergies. Right. You have to be you know, careful. Seeds. And just, you know, any recipe that you see that says nuts, you can usually substitute seeds for So, yeah, it's a good substitution. And there's so many different, you know, you can have your hemp seeds or sunflower seeds, chia seeds, uh, you know, uh, uh, pumpkin seeds. There's so many out there that there's, you know, if you want something creamier, you can use sunflower seeds. Mm. If you want something more crunchy, uh, actually, uh, hemp seeds are good for creamy, too. Oh, nice. Uh, Yeah. So... uh, and you can make, like, trail mixes with, you know, I just do that sometimes. Just have a, if I'm, a, I'm really rushing out the door but I need something to go, I'll just, like, take a handful of raisins, a handful of nuts, uh, you know, a little bit of uh, cacao nibs, and mm. off I go. And, okay. And it's easy. You know, you just go. You know, sometimes when, instead of going uh, to restaurants, too, especially, like, coming up in next month or so i'll be going to do adjudicating in small communities in manitoba and quite often there's only fast food places in those so what i usually do is i just go to the grocery store they usually have ready-made salads and i i usually go and buy a few things and and just eat out in my hotel room and that's you know so there's lots of ways to to get around it Uh, If I'm doing that, if I'm traveling, just within my community, within a couple of hours, I might even just do some grocery shopping before I leave, so I know that I have the things I want because I don't know if I'll get it there. But even when I travel by plane, going somewhere, uh, you know, it's if it's not that hard to do when you are committed to it. And there now, more and more, you can find in. Airports, healthy, health, healthier choices. Yeah, so it's uh, it's not as difficult as it used to be. Right. You know, you have your booster juice everywhere. Right. So, <laughs> you know, and though you know it may not be the absolute best thing you can have. I mean, it's a better choice than going to the McDonald's. So. Right. Right. Starbucks even has you know, if you're not getting the lattes and stuff, quite often though they have food choices there like they'll have fresh fruit available Mm -hmm. and things like that so yeah I've seen that I've seen
0: that at our Starbucks and and they have like bananas and apples and and uh, they also have like a trail mix I think I've seen there. yeah
2: and they have packs of nuts and stuff like that yeah so there are lots of ways you can get these healthier foods and not resort to eating chips and Chocolate bars. Right. (laughs) Well, and and little
0: little snacks like that for teachers. Like sometimes we only have a few moments between students. But it would be it would be like it would be really easy
2: just to have like a little trail mix and you can have a few bites in between. And then if you have time, like you know, two hours in the week that you can just dedicate to doing some meal prepping, Mm -hmm. then you know, I usually just cook up a big pot of grain so whether it's brown rice or quinoa or millet or something and uh and then i just have that ready to go for any meals that i have through the week i'll sometimes roast some uh sweet potatoes or uh have some steamed vegetables ready and sometimes i'll make something more elaborate but you know those just like and then a a tin of beans always have been beans (laughs) and then it's uh (laughs) You know, then they're ready because it's a good source of protein as well as fiber and all these phytonutrients. Mm -hmm. So they really are um, a very good food. Um, And it's easy to just mix them up, maybe add a little dressing or something to something just to give it a little more flavor. Um, So you could have just a bowl of rice and add some black beans, some corn, some avocado and Mm. some salsa and you've got kind of this Tex-Mex kind of thing going you know it's just really not hard to do and you can have really good meals ready in a matter of minutes if just take a little time. It's just that little
0: bit of prep time right just Finding that yeah. time in our schedule to focus on preparing the foods, I'm hit and miss with that. Usually, I, I'm pretty good yeah. for a couple of weeks, and I'll be making some batches, and then and then it, you know, all of a sudden something comes up and you get busy, and then I'll, you know, oh, I don't have that food on hand.
2: I have those moments too, where you know that I just uh, ran out of pre uh, pre made meals or whatever, and mm-hmm. then it's like, what do I have? And oh, it's easy to you know, try to grab the bad stuff, because especially when you have that hangry feeling, you know, when you're just, uh, and then your mind is just not working properly and you just want to grab the junk food. But no, then you just, you know, I just grab a handful of nuts and just eat those to start with. And then usually I'm calmed down enough that I can think of something better. But just throwing a potato in the microwave and have a bit of salad with it and you know sometimes just you know that's always something you know like it's better than not doing anything and you know if you don't have a fully balanced meal at every meal you know it's okay as long as over the course of the day or even over the course of the week you're getting a balanced meal then you're fine
0: that's
2: nice you know there there has been some uh in the past a misconception about that you have to have these complementary things for protein to get your complete protein but protein is actually in everything you eat and mm-hmm. plant foods are actually a very rich source like especially your vegetables a very rich source of protein so and it's very bioavailable, like it absorbs into your body quite easily. So, if you're eating plenty, you're not going to have any protein deficiencies because I know people are worried about that and that they'll not have energy if they have that. And, you know, I think another thing for singers to really um, think about is uh, respiratory things like allergies. There's oh. actually been shown a reduced occurrence of. Uh, allergic rhinoconjunctivitis with an increase in fruits of vegetables so so you're not going to have the runny nose itchy eyes feeling Mm. Uh, so that's something and of course you know a lot of singers have gut problems acid reflux is one thing because as a singer acid
0: reflux is terrifying
2: Yeah, and especially the uh, laryngopharyngeal reflux, the silent reflux, because you don't even necessarily know. You might not get that whole um, heartburn feeling.
0: Please tell everybody a little bit about that.
2: Well, yeah, I know they they have estimated that about between 70 to 80 percent of singers have acid reflux. And um, in the general population, they say that 80 percent of people with acid reflux have a hiatus hernia. which means that the stomach has popped up through the diaphragm. Mm -hmm. And so I wouldn't doubt that for singers. That's a big part of it because if you are putting that pressure on there. um, So I think that anyone who has acid reflux should probably be checked to see if they have a hiatus hernia. uh, Is one thing that um, we should consider because, of course, then you're putting so much pressure on the stomach and it's like squeezing and it's, Pushing stuff up into the esophagus and out, but also, um, yeah, you know, meat consumption is a problem because uh, it requires a lot of pepsin, which is an enzyme to um, digest the meat, to break it down, and pepsin is what comes up and affects in silent reflux, especially because once it's up in there, it's going to want to eat the meat, which is your right. tissue, right? Right. So, yeah, it's going to break down the protein there. So it, um, so that's really the problem. So if you do reduce your meat consumption, you're not going to have as much pepsin in your stomach. And in fact, there has been study done that showed that a plant-based approach is at least as good, if not better, than proton pump inhibitors for treatment of silent reflux. Wow. So so it's uh really you know to our benefit to have a lot more plants again i don't say that you have to be 100% mm-hmm. but if you do if you do eat meat keep it to just as a condiment kind of feeling yeah. having it you know maybe even just like 3 times a week kind of thing right uh, and then dairy too is usually quite often a trigger for it and again that has the fat and the protein in there which um the fat can weaken the esophageal sphincter. So uh, that's, that, uh, you know, it relaxes it. So you have the fat and then you've got protein. So you get more pepsin and it all comes up. Yeah, it's a recipe for disaster. Plus, you know, if you're singing a lot, it feels, it has the tendency to thicken up the mucus in the throat. So, so that's never a good thing. <laughs> so you, know, you, you don't really need, it in your diet anyway. Mm -hmm. I've Mm -hmm. been eating, I've been eating 100% plant based myself for eight years now. And uh, as I say, you know, all my problems are gone, and I am still doing triathlons. So it's and it's helped me even as I say, I'm 54. So I've gone through menopause already. So I had absolutely no problems.
0: Oh, okay. So let's
2: talk about the hormones. All right. Well, again, it's there have been studies and they have shown that uh, for uh, having hormonal things like, well, PMS for one thing. Right. Uh, they did a study where they put women on a diet, of plant-based diet for two months. And uh, these were women who had severe pains. Mm-hmm. And they found that they had a drastic reduction in pain and even the length of the severe, uh, yeah, the length that it yeah, occurred for, mm-hmm. and then, but th- that release in pain, re- relief in pain, was so great that when afterwards they were supposed to go back to their regular diet, they didn't want to go back onto <laughs> <the> regular. diet. <laughs> of course, you <They laughs> so, feel better, right? Uh, yeah, you feel better. You don't want to go back. I don't know that there has actually been. A lot of research yet through perimenopause and menopause um, for specifically plant-based, but anecdotally, there is so much uh, evidence anecdotally Mm -hmm. about how it has relieved it and that the hormones are more balanced. You don't get the brain fog that's sometimes associated with that. You don't get... um, you don't get the mood disruptions that happen, uh, you sleep better, You, uh, you know, as, as far as also as you're getting older and going through menopause and your uh, estrogen levels are more balanced and part of it is that there are the phytoestrogens in plant foods that mm-hmm. help with okay maintaining that feeling so so there's so many things that you know as we're getting older and and it helps us also regulate our weight which uh, when they have now discovered that uh, fat tissue can actually produce estrogen and it's like our most disease like uh, breast cancer and the polycystic ovarian syndrome and things Mm -hmm. like that that people seem to suffer with so much nowadays Uh, it's all because there's too much estrogen in our system
3: Mm.
2: and then uh, and they have now discovered that adipose tissue can actually produce estrogen as well it's not just our reproductive organs that produce it so that is very interesting Yeah, so, um, you know, and going back to like the acid reflux, that is just one thing there is um, with the hiatus hernia, having higher fiber levels in the diet helps move things along. So sometimes that that will help the hiatus hernia from Mm. uh, coming up, right? Because then you don't have so much um, food stuck in the stomach, right? When you're having the heavy foods. Right. But also all that fiber, it helps regulate estrogen as well. So um uh, so yeah i mean it's so interconnected there's so many things that happen and you know the, we usually think of the um uh, the um uh, reproductive hormones mm-hmm. as the most uh relevant to singing. Yes. But but there's so many other hormones that can affect our singing like our thyroid hormones of course mm. if you have any hypo or um hypo or hyperthyroidism mm-hmm. either way you can still get hoarseness in the throat uh, thickening of the vocal folds insulin well when you have insulin resistance that can cause drying uh because you know that that's one of the symptoms of diabetes is mm-hmm. that you're constantly thirsty but also you can have some nerve damage which will affect the vibration of vocal folds wow. uh you know there are hormones that regulate our mood our serotonin and dopamine and so of course you know if you're unbalanced in mood it's harder to focus and
3: mm-hmm.
2: uh, do well our digestive hormones uh we talked about um you know whether our appetite ones of course um, but other ones too and cortisol like our stress hormones uh, can help you know if if it's too high it can throw us out of our especially if we have to perform it can heighten performance anxiety it can also put us out of getting into a um, flow state yes performance Mm -hmm. so so because those hormones aren't balanced either so there's so many ways that hormones can affect our singing and Mm -hmm.
0: so as as professional teachers and vocalists, we really, I mean, that just what you've told me today is so inspiring. You know, we often focus on food that we eat just for the, the concept of weight loss or weight release, but really Mm -hmm. the stakes are much higher if we, if we truly want to take care of our voices and have our voices uh, there for us through, through decades of singing and teaching, we really have to take, take heart to all of this information. Uh, you have been so kind. Um, you've got some links uh, for our podcast listeners. So first of all, tell us about the Singers Wellness Checklist.
2: Okay, this is a checklist that goes through sort of daily habits that you should have and it actually lists the kind of foods you should be eating. It's not a complete list of everything you should eat in the day, of but course. it's a, a guide for you to, you know, so it you, you know some people look at it and say, "But it doesn't have meat and cheese and whatever on there, and I can't live without that." And that's to, not to say that you can't have some of that, but you want to meet the targets for this particular foods that are on there. Mm -hmm. That's one thing. And it also recommends exercise and um, it goes through what are good habits and what um, you should strive for and sleep and stress management. So everything, you know, in a nutshell, what we talked about today is on there and with some practical steps to move you forward.
0: Oh, I cannot thank you enough for that. So that, the uh, singer's wellness checklist will be on the podcast page. Um, so anybody that's interested in, in downloading that and taking a look at it, and that would be great for us to share with our students as well.
2: Yes. Now,
0: you also have a 14-day vocal reset program. I'm very interested in this. Give Give us a little overview of what this is.
2: The thought behind it is that it's a thing to use, a a program to use after you've had an intense bout of performing or singing or whatever, whenever you start feeling vocally tired, it's time to put this into practice. And you can use it. It doesn't have to be the whole 14 days. You might choose to just do a few days of it or whatever between. Performances, or Ooh. between, uh, you know, things, or after a long year of teaching, you might want right? to do it. Yeah, <laughs> or or even you know after the holidays, you know, um, December was such a heavy month, that, so that's why I had it come out in January because so many people are so burnt out from we, all yes. the per- teaching, performing, and everything right? that happens over the holidays. But it includes uh, some vocal exercises that are. Restorative, mm. and it has uh, physical exercises to help you find more balance and rebalance your body. Uh, it has a fourteen-day meal plan that is as uh, is reflex friendly. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. So it has that in there, and I think it has some other tips and strategies in there as well. So. Oh for-
0: Elizabeth, this is so helpful. Thank you. And now I also want I want to let people know that uh, they can also if if you're a listener and you know that you need to get more of Elizabeth's wisdom and guidance, you offer a free thirty minute singer wellness strategy session. Tell everybody about that.
2: Okay. Well, it's uh, you can talk to me and uh, we'll just have a phone conversation about what you're where you're at with your health and how it's impacting what you're doing and what we, what you need to do to move forward and to make changes for achieving the goals you, you want of feeling better and uh, being able to get through your days effortlessly
0: Elizabeth you are providing a an amazing service and and some wonderful guidance for for busy busy people who really need to take care not only of their bodies but of their instruments and I am thank you um, so much for sharing all of this information I learned so much today and I'm definitely going to be much more mindful about some of the choices I make this year and. I definitely would like to have you back because I think this is we've only just scratched the surface of oh, absolutely of, of there's just so much out there so I'm going to have you back I am officially entitling you if you will accept the full voice podcast health and wellness expert are you good with that
2: <laughs> oh that would be great
0: okay because <laughs> uh, uh, i have uh, i have i have so many questions for you but i also know that you you're training for your triathlon and you've got to go for a run so um i'm going to put all of your wonderful information, uh, your website, your contact uh, on the podcast page for people to reach out and ask you questions and maybe get in touch with you. Um, I am so thankful for your time today and also for these free um, checklists and, and the wellness guides. These are, these are really wonderful tools. Thank you so much. Is there one last bit of advice that you'd like to leave with listeners just to inspire them, inspire them just to take better care of themselves? What, what would you say to that? What would you say to that, that teacher that is just running herself or himself ragged? What would you say to
2: them? Okay, well, your health is a priority. Uh, there's always time for exercise, even if it's just putting on 10 minutes of some music and just dancing to it and doing that a couple times a day, you're already on your way. And um, the best exercise is the exercise that you will do. Ooh, and, nice advice, uh, yes. Yeah, and make small changes Right some people it depends on your personality but some people can you know after hearing this podcast they might be so inspired they'll go to their kitchen pantry throw out all the junk and just start <laughs> all clean <laughs> other people might just feel like okay well you know what maybe that green smoothie sounds like a good place to start and that's what I'll do mm-hmm. and maybe that's the only change that they'll make for a while and that's okay I'm just go at your pace it's a learning process but mm-hmm. You know, it is your life too. So try to just keep going and don't kick yourself for not doing it faster. Oh, that's
0: great advice. Oh, you are... you're so lovely. Thank you, okay. Elizabeth. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Elizabeth, I'm going to put all of your stuff on our podcast page. Y- you will be back. We have more to discuss. And I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for inspiring everybody and and, uh, and taking care of so many people. And uh, thank you for, for your time today. Oh, well, you're most
2: welcome. It was a pleasure.
0: A very special thank you to Elizabeth for joining us today on the podcast. Thank you for sharing those wonderful health tips and strategies. If you would like to get your hands on Elizabeth's checklist and her free downloads, please visit our podcast page. You can find that at thefullvoice.com backslash FV podcasts, or just take a look in the show notes. As always, I am wishing you inspired teaching, happy, and healthy singing.
3: Thank
1: you for listening to the Full Voice Podcast. For more information and teacher resources, please visit our website at thefullvoice.com.
0: May my canoe music.